0: You shouldn't be intimidated. Everyone can do well in the stock market. You have the skills, you have the intelligence. It doesn't require any education. All you have to have is patience, do a little research. You've got it. Don't worry about it. Don't panic. Boom, and we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed that cold
1: open there. That was a guy named Peter Lynch, incredible investor. And I'll be looping back to him later. If you're confused of what you're looking at right now, this is my investing portfolio, my per- personal one. It's a dividend portfolio. And I'm going to be showing you uh, three of the top reasons that new investors lose money. But before we looked at my portfolio, I want to go ahead and show you a few other people's portfolios. So let's take a look over here. All right. So this guy lost 1300 All right, in one day. Not, not too bad. And this, ooh, $6,082 in the past week He has 160 bucks left. That's rough. $10,416 loss. You can see he went up a little and then just almost straight down from there. $17,971. And this isn't on a $100,000 portfolio. He has $92 left. Lost almost all of his money. $30,635 loss. 99.9% down. He does have $4, so he, yeah, with the 5 bucks he can go and buy himself some fast food there. $38,000. You can see he wasn't doing so bad until right right there. There seemed to be something to cause some trouble right there. Okay, we'll keep going with these. Negative $57,000. Um, wow, down $54,000. He must have used a lot of margin because that is a, a pretty significant loss there. All righty. He lost seventy-three thousand dollars in one day. At least, at least this guy though he has some money—sixty-seven thousand market value, thirty thousand cash. He did lose about half his money in one day, but at least he, at least he has some money. Um, but to be all, this is kind of uh, unfair to do because you can find investors like this that lose money all the time. It's it's easy to find these online where you see people having big losses. Which brings me to rule one: Do not trade. Trading, day trading, option trading in the stock market is the quickest way that you'll lose your money. If you're a new investor, don't bother with it. Don't worry about it. Don't give it any of your time. Don't even look at it. Charlie Munger refers to day trading. He says teaching young people to actively trade stocks is like starting them on heroin. Here's the exact quote from him. Quote, if you take the modern world where people are trying to teach you to come in and trade actively in stocks, well, I regard this as roughly equivalent to trying to induce a bunch of young people to start off on heroin. Uh, That's his way of saying that he thinks it's evil. It's an addictive thing where people get lured into trying to make quick, easy money. Now, Peter Lynch has something to say about this as well. Listen to this clip.
0: If you want to double your money quickly and safely, fold it in half and put it in your wallet. Any other way, you're simply gambling. A good stock can take two, three, even five years before it really pays off. It's not two or three weeks. It's not two or three months. My best stocks have been in my fifth, sixth, seventh year. Give your investments time to grow.
1: So when you see other YouTube channels and different things, they're trying to teach you and promise you riches quickly overnight. Don't bother with it. You're going to lose money with it. Take a look at these graphs. Almost all of them had one point where they quickly made money. They usually start out with a bump. Some of them don't. A lot of them do though. They have pretty high highs. At one point, this guy almost doubled his money. He's probably sitting at 50,000 instantly went down. That's what happens with a lot of this. I guarantee you all of these are from trading options. These type of events where there's drastic drops like this do not happen when people invest in long-term things. Now, I'm not saying that you have to do dividend strategy or follow my strategy. That's not what I'm preaching. What I am saying is if you want to lose your money, go out and try to trade. Go out and try to quickly double your money. You're going to lose it. Now, I know some of you are going to say, but wait, Joseph, look at this guy. He made a lot of money trading. Uh, of course, if you go down to Vegas and you go to the casinos and you go to the slot machines, you're going to see some people win with them. But the house ends up winning the majority of the time. Trading is gambling. If you do it long enough, the house will win. It's a zero-sum game. Every time that you buy an option, someone is selling you it. The only person that wins in this exchange is a broker. Who who are you going to trust? Charlie Munger, who's a billionaire? People like him and Warren Buffett that have made billions of dollars? Uh, Peter Lynch, who's worth $300 million, the man ran Magellan Fund and doubled the market average for 13 years straight. He did 29% returns on average for 13 years and he's telling you there's no way to safely double your money that is what he's saying if he knew of a way to do that he would tell you so when you run into other youtubers or other people that are selling you these courses of how to quickly and safely navigate the markets and and they have a special way of doing it don't buy into it i promise you it's a waste of time so rule one do not actively trade stocks let's move on to rule two which is to understand risk and know what you're buying I came across this topic just a couple days ago that I wanted to to go over because I think it highlights this point. He he asks uh, a question, um, how many of your friends and family members do you have that were completely losing their shiz and selling when the Dow hit a low of 21,700 back in December? So this was just this back this last December, if you were invested then. A lot of people, this last December was kind of a wake-up call because it was the first time that the stock market has dipped down in what we call a correction. And if you're not, if you don't know what a correction is, it's a term to describe losing a lot of money very quickly. Uh, One of the comments, the top comment says, I had a bit of a panic. And to be honest, it was a good thing for me as it exposed the flaws of my portfolio management. What I discovered was I was too heavily invested in companies that I did not truly understand or believe in. Since then, I sold out of those positions and have acquired holdings in more well-known companies, Dow Jones types, and also smaller positions. The way I'm diversified now, I have a greater confidence in my portfolio this is perfect because it did highlight flaws in his strategy what he did is he had companies that he owned that he didn't really know what they did or why he bought them he probably just got tips from other people this is why i'm hesitant when other people copy my portfolio directly and they go through and copy the exact allocation of stuff the only reason it, it gives me pause is because You got to understand what you're buying yourself you can't go based off of what other people are doing you have to have confidence in the companies that you own and you got to have confidence in the risk my risk profile what i'm the risk i'm willing to take on could be entirely different than yours so a stock that i might be you know i might have as a really big conviction and i don't care if it drops to 20 percent of its value i still know it's going to be a great one in 10 years somebody else might not have that same conviction with that company and its future prospects. So you need to understand your own risk profile, which I I realize is a lot easier said than done. Um, Like this Redditor, a lot of it comes to experience. If you haven't actually experienced any kind of loss with your portfolio, uh, because we are in a bull market and it has mostly just gone up, it's easy to say, oh, well, I, I know the market can go down. But it's one of those things where you can read Uh, you know, a dozen books about surfing, but you're not going to ever learn how to surf until you actually go out in the ocean. Um, I feel like a lot of that is kind of the same way with risk. If you've never actually experienced what it's like to actually have the market dip down rapidly, you're not going to know what your own personal risk is. This portfolio has done pretty good so far. I'm up 2,700 bucks. I've been investing for about 14 months now, Um, But I have a realization that in one or two days, my entire gains could be wiped away. Right now, this is money weighted returns. So it's not really a 24% compared to the 28,000. It's 24% compared to my overall performance over time. Um, But if I, if this portfolio dipped down 10%, I would lose virtually all of my gains. And that can happen pretty rapidly. So rule two, understand your own risk. Now for rule three, the stomach. New investors lose money because they don't have a strong stomach. Listen to what Peter Lynch says on this topic.
0: You have to be able to have the emotional strength to stand the volatility of the market in general and stocks in general. If the key organ here is not the brain, it's the stomach. Do you have the stomach for this? Do you have the patience for it? You should be able to look in the mirror and say to myself, what am I going to do if the market goes down?
1: Now, to further illustrate this point, let's take a look at the S&P 500 graph. If you look at this, you notice that uh, uh, during times when the market's going up, gains are usually typically slower, steady, calm. During these times, it's joyful. The optimism is high. People feel good. They're making money every day. Um, confidence is high. Um, and during these times, risk is a synonymous word with making money. The more risk you take on, the more money you make. And... Um, when the market eventually moves down it's different it moves quickly losses are abrupt and confusing you can see enormous drops in a short period of time and sentiment changes negatively the news starts talking negatively and investor sentiment changes which causes a quick downward spiral if you don't have a strong stomach during these times you're going to lose money if you don't understand the risk of your portfolio going into it you're gonna lose money So let's take a look at another example of this. This is Visa, this isn't the S&P 500 anymore, this is Visa, and let's look at this chart for a minute. You'll notice if you go way back on this chart, this isn't as long of a chart as the S&P 500, but if you go back to 2008, and you look at the highs from right here, and you go down to where the lows are in 2009, Visa dropped, look, check that out, 44.5%. It dropped even more than that, I just can't highlight it because the graph is too smart. Uh, too small here, but Visa dropped by nearly half. Uh, do you do you know how much in trouble Visa was during the recession? Not at all. The company was fine. It it had almost no financial troubles at all during this time period where the stock prices plummeted. The reason that Visa. St- uh tanked during the recession was simply because everything did. Investors were scared. That's what sentiment is. That means that everybody has a very bleak outlook of the future. And even when companies are reporting great earnings, Visa just by association that oh it's a comp- you know it's a credit card like it has something to do with finance and finance is being hurt. I see finance on the news. Visa didn't they weren't a lender. They didn't loan anybody money. They didn't have any loans defaulting. They weren't part of the subprime mortgage crisis, but yet their stock got completely hammered as well. That is what happens when you're don't, when you making decisions based off of fear, when you're making them based off of, um, oh, no, I didn't realize my risk tolerance. I don't have a strong stomach for this. I'm just seeing the price go down. And I don't even care that the company's doing well. I'm just going to sell out of it. That's when you lose a lot of money in it. And Visa is a great example of that because it's a, a company that, even though it got half its market value shaved off during the recession, it was totally fine. Now, institutional investors, some of the the, the smartest ones and ones that do have strong stomachs and they're experts at this type of stuff, they bought during that low. Uh, Howard Marks bought, um, I believe it was about five hundred million dollars worth of stock every week for sixteen weeks during the recession. Why everybody else was trembling in fear, an institutional investor that that is an expert in this type of stuff use that as an opportunity to say prices are very low and I'm going to buy companies that are doing excellent despite, you know, the fair surrounding them. So I, I, I like this example a lot because of that. So to summarize the reasons that new investors lose money is one, they type, they try to make money quickly. They try to day trade and trade options and to double their money quickly. Um, The second reason is they don't understand risk. They don't understand their own risk, um, and they don't really know the things that they're buying. Um, And the third reason is because they don't have a strong stomach. They sell on lows. They don't uh, realize uh, what it's going to be like when they actually lose money. If you avoid those three reasons, I uh, I think you'll make money in the stock market. Um, those are my three biggest reasons why I think new investors lose money. If you guys have a different take on it, or you think that I'm wrong and there's three bigger reasons or that I'm missing, um, some of them, go ahead and leave them in the comments. I'd be honestly interested to know what your guys' take is. So moving on from this, um, let's go to my portfolio now. So if you're new to the channel, um, this is my personal portfolio, like I said. Uh, what I'm doing is is just doing a series where every single week I, I update you guys on the performance of a, of a completely dividend-based portfolio. So the idea of this is I own um, all these different companies that pay dividends on different schedules, and those dividends are reinvested back into the portfolio automatically. Um, and what I'm doing is just, is just going through and logging my uh, my performance and growth so that you guys can compare that to your strategies and what you're doing and, and see how it turns out. Um, not really anything has changed in this portfolio in the past week. I mean, it's up 35 bucks, not much on a $28,000 portfolio. Earned $20 in dividends, which is, is pretty cool. Earning $20 bucks in a week on dividends is is uh, pretty nice. Um, for the month period since January twenty-six, for the month period, I'm up $99 on dividends and $900 in market gains. Um, I don't really look at the market gains as much as I look at the dividends because I want to have my income constantly improved. Um, now, the the only change I made in this uh, was a pretty small one. What I did was in the real estate, I had a holding called Maine, and it's more of a financial company. I accidentally have it put into my REITs. So what I did was I sold it out of the REIT pie, uh, the real estate one, and I put it into the finance one. And you can do that on M1 Finance without, without it actually selling. You pretty much transfer it from one. Uh, it's very simple to do. You go into the one the one pie that you ha- currently have it in, do an individual sell order on it, and then you go into the other one, do a buy order, and it just, it just zeros it out, and it just shifts it from one pie to the other. So that's the only change I did. Um, but I also wanted to go over uh, a few things outside of the portfolio update. I wanted to cover um, a few questions that I had from last week and uh, and maybe some news items as well. In fact, let's go to let's go to the news item first. So, this week uh, a a big event in the dividend investing world was um Warren Buffett here with Kraft Heinz. Um Buffett says that after last year's weeks uh stock plunge, says Berkshire halfway overpaid for Kraft. So, Warren Buffett has done this before where he's bought companies that he's overpaid for, he's had mistakes. He had Lehman Brothers at one point that was a really big mistake during his career. IBM was another one that wasn't a good buy. Uh, he's, had, he's had a set of failures. The thing about Warren Buffett, though, is he's had a lot more successes than he's had failures. Kraft Heinz was a company that I didn't buy simply because I, I think the business model is one selling these kind of boxed foods I didn't think was a good idea. Um, Last week, I told you guys that if it was me in the 20%, I would have sold it the next morning and put it to a different company and been done with it. And I still stand by that. I would have sold it. Even if it does go up from an hour, I I wouldn't have any regrets selling it. So it doesn't surprise me that this happened. Also, Warren Buffett's response doesn't surprise me at all. He pretty much said that he doesn't look at these stocks as like just ticker symbols that go up and down, that he's looking at the book value. He knows that he uh, paid too much for this, but he always compares things to like, at a farm if you own a farm you're not going to look at the price of every single day you're just going to look at what it's produced over a long period of time that's the way that he uh looks at his companies so moving on from that let's go to a few questions so it's actually more like like some questions and hate mail which i thought was funny so i'm going to respond to all of it uh the first one that i got is from uh, k97 it says uh any plans to invest in china or a growth pie um so i've been asked about this quite a bit if i'm investing in foreign or china uh, I do have some foreign holdings, so I have uh, two Canadian banks. Other than that, I don't have any others. I did at one point have, um, way back, like eight months ago, I had some European oil companies like BP. Uh, but I haven't I haven't ever invested in China. Um, I know that they have some really intriguing companies. I like Tencent uh, when I was looking into investing in video game stocks. But you know they have Alibaba and Amazon competitors, and they seem to have companies that mimic... US companies. But for me, I just feel more comfortable investing in the US company. Uh, Maybe if I was in a situation where there weren't so many great companies already available to me in the US, I would look to go elsewhere. But I feel like with the US market, we just have so much, uh, so many companies to pick from already right, right from where we are, that I don't have to reach over, reach over into China and try to try to mess with that. Another reason why it's harder for me to invest in, in foreign um in foreign companies it's because i don't understand what's going on over there the climate the political climate um china is a dictator you know they can make weird rules all the time they actually just blocked apex legends from that video game from even selling in china so i mean there's a company right there that's trying to get into the chinese market and the government just said nope we want to review it first and sometimes that can take up to a year so when the company or the country's ran by a dictator that just adds in... I'm not saying it's, it makes it never worth it. So I don't get the idea that I'm saying if you're investing in China, you're making a mistake. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it adds in another, yet another risk on top of the already many risks you have in the stock market. So I want to try to minimize risk and control for that. And it just adds in one more element that I. I just don't think is necessary for me. So I probably won't be investing in China anytime soon unless I just see something I think is like, an absolutely killer deal that I can't pass up, um, which I haven't yet. Um, the next one, which this was more, uh, this is more of some, a little bit more on the negative side than a actual question. This was a comment I got directly on Reddit that I thought was funny. I blacked out his name because I don't want people going after him, um, but I'll read the comment. He says, this is after the last video that I released. He says, honestly, man, I'm really confused by your posts. You never speak about your position. This seems like a more like a personal ego rant than general help. Um, on that part, he's, he's probably right. My videos, if you haven't noticed, is kind of me just ranting on about stuff. So if that's the criticism, if that's what people don't like, I wouldn't even recommend listening to it because I don't think that part's going to change. Um, but continuing on, he said... I was able to sneak at a glance at some of your REITs in the preview video and 75% of my risky that I would never hold. It appears that you read a paragraph about a company, look at a five-year chart, and you think you know the ins and outs. Other than Microsoft, there isn't really a gaming stock that pays dividends, so why even do the conversation? I mean, honestly, in that 21-minute video, how did he teach me to qualitatively value dividend stocks? So if that's your feeling, that's, that's fine. I'm not forcing anybody to watch these videos. I did want to address one part of this, though because um, i think some of the some of the points he brings up are valid on the surface he says it appears you read a paragraph about a company and look at a five-year chart and you think you know the ins and outs. so i have um i have 60 holdings in my portfolio i can't know the ins and outs at every single one of those companies it's impossible to be that knowledgeable about every sector and like the top five companies in it uh, and i don't pretend to be um the the way that i look at it is is when you buy an etf um which i i wonder if If the criticism to me is that I don't know enough about the companies I own, I wonder if he has that same criticism for everybody that buys index funds. The S&P 500, when people buy SPY, it's literally like my portfolio, but instead of owning 60 companies, they own 500. Do you think that those people know more about the 500 companies that they own than the 60 that I own? I would be pretty confident that I know more about the 60 companies I own than the average person that owns five different ETFs and is diversified between three to five thousand companies. Um, so that part I I don't agree with because I um I have less companies, but I do know more about them than people that buy index funds. Um, the other part is is what I'm doing with my portfolio and with the 60 holdings is I'm looking for specific metrics that they meet, just like an ETF does. All an exchange-traded fund does is it looks at, at a couple metrics, like the S&P 500. All that is, is the 500 biggest companies. There's not really that much more taken into account. With mine, I at least take into account a few things. I look at um some qualitative aspects of it. I look at the dividend growth history and, and um, previous trends. And I also, I'll, I also try to do a qualitative approach to uh, if the company is going to be relevant relevant in five years, so I I'm not saying I know everything about these companies, and I would never say that I would. That's impossible to know. But I do. I am very confident that I know more about these companies than people that are doing basic index investing know about their holdings. Um, moving on from that, the last one, he says. Uh, watched a few of your videos, like your style, and um, so on. His question is, what's your and your other's opinions on ders- diversification building your portfolio? Did you start with this many holdings? Um, so he's asking me if wh- why I picked 60 holdings. Um, I really didn't pick 60 holdings. I didn't go out and say, I need to build a portfolio with 60 holdings. Uh, what I did was I just... I just was looking for companies that fit the metric um, that I put out. And that's around how many that I found that I thought fit it really well. Now, when if I was going to start over and build this portfolio, actually what I did when I was first building it, I had a lot less money. I started with $2,000. And I probably wouldn't start with all 60 companies if you have $2,000. Because what that's going to do is spread out your money so thin that each dividend payment is only going to be like a few pennies. You can do that, but I would probably... I'd probably try to cut it like in half. Like I'd go and and go through all my holdings and just wipe away half of them um, and just pick the ones that I think are the best out of those half and start with that. I think as you get a like a, a larger amount of capital to work with that it's probably a smart thing to, to diversify a little bit more. And that's kind of what I've done. I don't plan on adding any more holdings. Um, I have a watch list, but that's more of like a reserve of maybe holdings that I would buy if one of my holdings just tanks and cuts the dividend and I have to sell it. So, but right now I feel like 60 is probably the biggest that I have for no particular reason. I just, I just haven't had any need to add on beyond that. So anyway, that's all the questions and comments and criticisms for today. Um, I hope you guys have a killer week. Uh, let me know what you guys think of these type of videos, what you guys thought of the, the three reasons that investors lose money. Um, and be sure to share these videos and, and comment and subscribe if you haven't. I'm going to be doing this every week. So anyway, see you guys. Have a good one.